Amen. Thank you for joining me again for Rev, Kev, and The Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. I apologize uh, to my listening audience that the podcast was cut off a little short. Uh, We had some technical difficulties on our last podcast. Um, But however, um, we were talking about the temple and the curtain in the temple that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And once again, let me reiterate that the tabernacle was all one tabernacle, but there were different rooms or different areas of the tabernacle that were separated by curtains. And this was done by design of Hashem, uh, the Lord, uh, Yeshua, because he created all things. And First John tells us that he did so, uh, speaking of Yeshua. Everything was made by him and for him. And without him, the, the scripture says, not anything was made that was made. And so uh, we looked at the fact that the, the curtain was a partition um, and that spiritual things are not visible to the naked eye or to one that would just look at it from a fleshly or human standpoint, but there must be an entering into uh, the spiritual realm, even though the spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm and the spiritual realm uh, exists uh, or coexists along with the natural realm. And our podcast is uh, is called Rev Kev and the Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Uh, but the, the, the series that we've been dealing with is realms and the trichotomy of mankind, which means man and woman, boy and girl. Uh, realms and the trichotomy of mankind, which means all ethnicities are also included in this particular realm. Uh, Some choose to operate on the dark side, as it is called in Satanism and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, all those kind of things. But uh, let me say that there is one tree, but many branches. And what I mean by that is that uh, a lot of these areas on the dark side go back to one place, and that is to the God of this world, little g, which is named by God Lucifer or Satan. Um, and then there's others like us who choose to operate in the spirit realm, in the, the, uh, the goodness of Hashem, the goodness of God, and all that pertains to him. Um, and so uh, let us begin this podcast with our foundational scripture uh, and this is part two of the podcast that was cut short, uh, dealing with the curtain in the temple. Uh, and we're going to call this particular uh, episode uh, or, or recording, we're going to call it uh, uh, What's Behind the Curtain. Let's just call it that, or a look at the curtain or what's behind the curtain or the purpose for the curtain that was in the temple. Uh, you could choose any one of those particular titles uh, that 
that you would like to call this uh, particular podcast, but we're dealing with the curtain that separated the holy place from what was called the holy of holies. Our foundational scripture is Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14, which says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen. Uh, Also, I would like to share another passage of scripture, which is found in the book of St. Matthew or the book of Matthew uh, in what is called the New Testament, which I choose to call uh, the Old and New Testament. I choose to call it the former and latter covenant uh, because old has the connotation of uh, wearing out or the term old that is has the connotation of wearing out or something that should be done away with but that is not the case in uh, the scriptures or as it refers to the scriptures he uh, in Matthew chapter 27 uh, verse 51 this is when Jesus was being crucified on the cross. And um, I'll begin with verse 45. It says, Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbatani. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that said, This man called it for Elias, or Elijah is who they meant. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias or Elijah will come to save him. Jesus, or Yeshua, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. He gave up his spirit, and the body says, Excuse me, the Bible says that the the body without the spirit is dead. So Jesus died at that point in uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent and uh, and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Amen. And so this temple was not the temple of Moses, the, the, the portable tabernacle, um, but this temple was the one that stood in Jerusalem or in Jerusalem, because there is no J's in the Hebrew. Also, let me share with us Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 20. Uh, well, let's begin with verse 19. It says, ha- uh, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest 
And that's talking about into the place, the holy of holies or the uh, the holiest of all, which is where the Ark of the Covenant rested and also the mercy seat that was placed on top of the Ark of the Covenant was in the holy, holy of holies. Uh, and here the King James says the holiest in uh, Hebrews chapter number uh, 10, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, or Yeshua, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. So there's uh, a, a way that you can interpret scripture. And one of the ways that you and I can interpret scripture is with other scriptures. Because the Bible uh, is, is, God designed it that way. Um, that uh, one scripture would interpret or give more light on another scripture. And when we looked at, uh, in our podcast, uh, our prior podcast, when we looked at the curtain uh, in the temple in the book of Shemot or the book of Exodus, uh, when we looked at the curtain, um, let me uh, share with us again so we can kind of refresh our memory. In uh, Exodus or Shemot chapter 26, beginning verse, with verse 21, it says, And thou shalt make, this is God speaking to Moshe or Moses concerning the tabernacle. He said, he told him already that he was to make everything according to the pattern that he showed him in Mount Sinai. But he says in Shemot or Exodus chapter 26, verse number 31, he says, And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet, and fine twine linen of cunning work. With cherubim shall it be made. In other words, the curtain had cherubims, prints of cherubims placed upon it. They were woven into the curtain. The angels of God, which are guardian angels, the cherubim. And thou shalt hang it upon four pillars of sheetim wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold upon four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the tax that thou make it that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil the ark of the testimony and the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. And thou shalt set the, ta the table without the veil, and which means outside of the veil. Set the table of showbread outside of the veil and the candlestick over against the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. And thou shalt put the table on the north side. So you see everything in the tabernacle had a specific place. Nothing was haphazard. Nothing was just uh, put any kind of way, but it all was situated based upon um, the, uh, the will of God or the will of Hashem. Everything was situated according to his will and according to the dictates of his heart that he shared with Moshe or Moses in Mount Sinai. And so everything was distinct. Everything had its function. 
And as I mentioned in the first part, in our prior podcast, that everything that God does is significant. Everything has a place. Everything has a purpose. I mean everything. When I say everything, I mean everything that God does has a purpose and a place and a function. And there's a reason why he has made certain things and God doesn't just make things just to make it. He makes things for a reason. The Hebrew word is asa for make. He makes or accomplishes things for a reason. When you look at the Hebrew words, they have each Hebrew root word has different shades of meaning. It has many shades of meaning. And also when you look at it, uh, the, 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 the full or the, the, um, the definition is found in the root word of the Hebrew language. Also, let me read this uh, real quickly out of uh, Better Sheet or Genesis chapter number one, verse 14 through 19. I want you to see something. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let me say this uh, also that what God says uh, they, uh, you know, there is um, a lot of thought that goes into it on his part. And also, um, God is intentional with the things that he says. He meant to say it. And uh, in verse 15 of Better Sheet or Genesis chapter 1, it says, And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. You see God placing things where he wants them lights in the heavens and there's a reason there's a function here a purpose he says for signs and for seasons and for days and for years um and ver uh, verse 15 again and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so and god made the two great lights the greater light to rule the day, which is the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, which is the moon. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. So God sets them. He positions them uh, in the place that he wants them to be. In verse 18, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. God brings a distinction in the spiritual and therefore there is a distinction in the natural you see god just this curtain was to make a distinction between the holy place and the holy of holies uh which tells me that there is boundaries in the spirit and there are partitions in the spirit and there are different uh, uh areas in the spirit and god saw meaning the spirit realm and god saw that it was good and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And also you see that God said, you know, when uh, back to, and we're going back to uh, Shemot or Exodus chapter 26 now. And when we're reading about the, uh, the veil and he has particular uh, uh, materials that this veil were made out of, made out of uh, fine linen. And there were colors involved in this veil and purple and scarlet and uh, you know, uh, but then, and then there's also uh, a certain number that is involved in uh, the curtain in the tabernacle, you see. And then there's different uh, minerals, uh, uh, things and metals that are involved 
in the curtain in the temple. And the, and the curtain is situated a certain way. All of these things are, um, I mean, every one of them are significant, you see, to us. And we, and, and, and when we read in Hebrews chapter, uh, I believe it was the beginning of chapter number 10. Uh, yes, it's, it's Hebrews chapter 10. Let me read that verse one again. For the law having a shadow, meaning this time, this, the law of Moshe or Moses or during that period of time, when he talks about the law, he's talking about, you know, the, uh, that particular space of time when he's dealing with uh, the children of Israel under the leadership of Moshe uh, is, is what he's talking about. He's not just talking about one law, but he's talking about that period of time. He says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of those things can never with those sacrifices which they offered uh, year by year continually make the comers thereto perfect. And so all of these things that we find in the former covenant, some people call it the Old Testament, but I call it the former covenant, all these things that we find in the former covenant uh, were shadows and types and represents and, and gave us symbols of what God was going to do in the future through Jesus or through uh, Yeshua. Now, uh, also, we have to keep in mind that you and I, those that are in covenant relationship with the Lord, with Hashem, with God, uh, we are kingdom, we are a kingdom rather, excuse me, of priests in Shemot or Exodus chapter number 19. Uh, let me get over there. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 3 through 6, it says, uh, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, or Israel, ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. Uh, um, and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if ye, if, listen, if ye will obey. Now, the covenant of God is conditional. If ye will obey, and it's always conditional. It's always been conditional, even from Adam and Eve. If ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a particular treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine you see all people though everybody who uh, is on the face of the earth belongs to the lord he said that also in, in malachi he said the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein <clears throat> in verse 6 of uh exodus chapter 19 it says and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and in holy nation, these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, or Yisrael, or Jacob, which the, uh, that's where the uh, nation of Israel came from. It came out of Yaakov, or Jacob. First uh, Peter, let me also share that with us. First Peter, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 12 says, First um, Peter chapter 2, 1 through 12, Peter says here, wherefore, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says it, wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies 
and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. And we talked about this milk and we talked about being a baby in our foundational scripture. But the milk helps the, the baby to grow. So just like natural milk, milk helps a baby to grow, spiritual milk helps spiritual babies to grow to be full grown. He says, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. They rejected Jesus, but God had chosen Jesus and Yeshua to uh, carry out his work. Ye also as lively stones, he's talking about us, ye as lively stones or living stones are built up a spiritual house. We're a spiritual house. We're a temple. We're a tabernacle. We're built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. It's all through Yeshua that we operate. Remember, I said uh, two podcasts ago that Jesus is the door. In verse uh, 6 of he, of First Peter chapter 2, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, or Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which, uh, which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the at the word being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed but ye are a chosen listen at this but this it, this is a, a scripture that uh is taken from what we read earlier in shemot but ye are a chosen generation what God told uh, Moshe to tell the children of Israel. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God is always the initiator. He initiated with Adam. When Adam messed up, he said, Adam, where are you? He showed this through the, uh, the, the uh, parable of the prodigal son. You know, he's, he's always the initiator. Uh, the father was looking for the son uh, to return home, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts. Now listen to this, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Uh, and that's one of the parts of the trichotomy of mankind is the soul, the spirit, soul, and body. Our soul is where our emotions are and where our, uh, <clears throat> uh, let's just move on. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak uh, against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold or see, glorify God in the day of visitation. Also, let me read Galatians. Galatians, the book of Galatians, which Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. Amen. Paul wrote this book of Galatians to the church at Galatia, uh, one of the seven churches in Asia Minor. And um, we find this also in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 3. Um, 
in those uh, chapters in Revelation that deals with that those particular churches. All right. In Galatians 5 and beginning with verse number 16 through 26, Paul says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we see that there are two realms. There is the flesh realm or this natural realm. And then there is the spirit realm, which Paul says that uh, he says, walk not in the uh, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There are desires in our flesh, man, that are opposite what God desires. There is a war that is going on. Uh, he says in verse 17 of Galatians chapter five. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Now remember, in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20, we talked about Jesus opening a new way, uh, 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 opening the curtain, and it says, which is his flesh. So that, fl that curtain that hung in that temple was uh, symbolic of the flesh or a flesh covering or something that uh, partitioned, um, you know, between the holy place and the holy of holies. Okay, and in uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18, uh, Paul says, but if through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's not Paul saying it on his own, but through the inspiration, the Holy Spirit gave Paul what to write. Okay, in verse 18, it says, But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. We talked about that last time. It's not talking about not being under any law, but we're not uh, bound to try to keep the law in our own strength. But now we have the Holy Spirit's power to enable us to keep the law. Not that the law has been done away with. The law is still there. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, he says, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. These are the things that are done uh, in, that, in our flesh, in, in our, our nature, and in that, that part of us that partitions or that covers and blocks our spirit man from operating a lot of times. He says idolatry, he says witchcraft, Hatred, variance, immolations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. These are a lot of times why we can't get past that veil to get into the Holy of Holies, to operate in the spirit realm because the flesh man is too much in control, you see. And these, all of these things are a part of that flesh covering that blocks us from getting into the spirit realm. All of these things, adultery, fornication, all that uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies. All of these things block us from getting into the spirit realm and getting past that flesh veil. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, he says, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things. Now, listen at this. They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, 
faith, uh, uh, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Temperance means self-control. Against such there is no law. And now listen at this. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. They that, are, that belong to Yeshua or Jesus have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit which means conduct our lives. When he said walk, he's talking about the, our conversation, our lifestyle, uh, uh, the way we live. Let us live in that realm, in that spirit realm. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. Uh, and also there's another uh, passage of scripture uh, that I would like to, to, uh, to share. Uh, I'm trying to see if I if I already shared that one Ephesians uh, chapter number two. Well, let me let me just read this first of all in Ephesians chapter one verse fifteen. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, which is also uh, like I say one of the seven churches, and and they're dealt with in the book of Revelation. But in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, he says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Then he says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Uh, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and, has, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. And, and, and so uh, we see from this scripture that Paul says that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened that we may know. And this is what I'm talking about, tapping into the spirit realm, getting past that partition, getting past that curtain. All of us, I, if anybody, preacher, teacher, evangelist, whoever they say they are, if anybody tells you that they don't have any kind of battle with themselves, with their flesh, with this old man, as we call it, uh, when, and what we mean by old man is uh, that part of us, that nature that, uh, that we had before we became born again. That's the old man, but the new man does not function the same way. And the old man, was that person that that uh, depended upon their uh, natural senses to be able to function. And that spirit man in the old man 
was not enlightened. This is what that candle in the, or that candlestick or that menorah in the tabernacle or, or symbolized the, the, the light of God, the Shekinah of God uh, being shed uh, to give us revelation of who Jesus really is. Uh, but he says that uh, we first had to be born again or born from the beginning. Now, let me read you another passage of scripture as we move along. Ephesians chapter two, beginning with verse number three. He says, among whom, talking about the world and talking about those. Well, let me just start at, at, at uh, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse one. So we can get the full context. He says, and you hath he quickened or quickened means to make alive. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is the devil. Uh, and that's how we function in this realm. But yet we still were spiritual, but we were darkness. The things that we did came from a bad place. It came from Hasatan. And we didn't know how to function in the spirit realm the way uh, uh, the way God wanted us to or, or, or living in the spirit realm on his side. Amen. He says, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There is a spirit called Hasatan or Satan that has made his home or his abode in those that are not in covenant relationship with Hashem, with Jesus, with Yeshua. He's made his abode in them and he's operating through them, you see. And many times we can't see past all of these veils that are set before us because we're not operating in the spirit. And we have to receive from the spirit of God in order to get past the veil. And what I'm saying is that the, the, the Hasatan, Satan, is... Uh, operating in them. This is what the Bible just told us. He said, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works or worketh in the children of disobedience. And one quick example of that is when Jesus was going to the cross and Peter rebuked Jesus and he said, not so, Lord, you will not go to the cross. And what did Jesus say? Jesus turned around, he looked at Peter, but he was able to see past that veil uh, that was set up uh, of flesh um, and see into the spirit realm, you see. And he said, get behind me, Satan, because you're an offense unto me because you don't savor the things of God, but you savor the things of man. This spirit, this natural realm is a type of curtain or a type of, of blockage for us seeing spiritually, you see, and also our flesh. This flesh that we live in is a curtain. It's a blockage for us being able to see spiritually. And, and, and there's a battle that's going on because, you know, the flesh wants one thing, but the spirit of God wants something else. The spirit of God wants us to press into the things of God, but the, but the flesh doesn't want us to. All right, in verse three of Ephesians chapter two, it says, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, those, those desires that we had within us that weren't right, you know, for uh, 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 fornication or adultery or drinking or whatever it was, those desires weren't right. Uh, 
But at one time, we didn't worry about it. We just did it, you know, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who, had, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. By grace, he says, are you saved and hath raised us up together. Now, listen at this in uh, Hebrew. I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter two, uh, verse number six, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the, uh, he had made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. These are the, this is the only way we're going to get into the spirit realm and into the, the heavenly places is if we're in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace, are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not based upon, God doesn't, uh, it's based upon a covenant between us and God. It's not based upon what we do, you see, even though we should do, uh, our lives should conform to the will of God, but yet God doesn't award us or reward us based upon what uh, our own efforts, in other words. He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, this particular veil that was in this temple, God told Moshe or Moses to have a holy up in Bezalel uh, and, and, and possibly the, all of those who were wise hearted, you see, to make this veil for the temple. And the word in Hebrew for make is asa. He told them to bring it about, bring this curtain about, make it happen, uh, accomplish it, you know, stitch it together. Uh, the tabernacle, the Hebrew word for tabernacle is mishkan. It means a dwelling place. It also means a tabernacle. And it comes from the root word shakan, which means to settle down, to abide, and to dwell. And also, God said that uh, this Mishkan or this tabernacle um, was to have this curtain. Um, <clears throat> and the word curtain comes from the word Asara. Uh, and that word Asara, its root word is Yara. And the root word means to quiver or to tremble or to be broken up with any violent action. It means to fear or to be grievous. So, you know, uh, he told them to, to make this curtain, make it of blue, purple, scarlet, and have cherubims on it. He also told them to make 10 curtains, you see. Uh, and there's an, like I said, there's a way in which we can find out you, or we can gain revelation on one scripture if we look at other scriptures that relate to that particular scripture that we're reading. But in Genesis uh, chapter 16, verse number three, uh, we find that there were, uh, all through the Bible really, uh, God is dealing with particular numbers. And in uh, Genesis or better sheet 16, let me get over there. Um, and verse number three, 16, three, it says, and Sarai, 
Abraham's or Abram's, I'm sorry, Abram, because his name hadn't been changed at the time. Abram's wife took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So how many years? 10 years. How many curtains? 10 curtains. Okay, and let's go over to better sheet 18, uh, verse number 32. And it says, and he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, 10 shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. And that's when God was talking to Abram or Abraham, I believe it was at this, yes, Abraham at this time, uh, concerning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he, and he gave him a number and he says, if you, if you find 10 righteous, uh, would you not destroy the city? And so we see that, that number 10 again, you see, uh, in uh, Genesis or better sheet chapter 24, verse number 10, uh, it says, and the servant, this is Abraham's servant when he was sent to find his son Isaac a wife find Abraham's son Isaac, a wife. He said in verse 10, it says, and the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed. Um, for all the goods of his master were in his hand and he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And so we see that the number 10 uh, deals with uh, you know, government, but it also deals with flesh. It deals with, with human effort, that number 10, you see. And so uh, I believe that God was saying, 